Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 30, big 30, 30, 30 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Park Gasol, and I'm joined here by one of my best friends, Demarcus. You got any a.k.a.s for yourself today? Nah, nah, I'm good. Not today, not today. All right, look. I want to say, first and foremost, the exclusive content that we teased last week is out this week. Check it out on our YouTube channel. We hope you all like it. We want to hear all your thoughts on it, where you think the quarterbacks are going to go. Second, do you remember when this used to be a football podcast? Well, yes. It's all in the name. Right? Luckily for us, next week, we will be a football podcast once again as we start our coverage of the NFL draft. We are going to give you the fly routes mock draft next week. Teasing it now. We're super excited. Now, we have an exciting show for you all today. We are going to get into the story about Paul Pierce being fired from ESPN. We are going to dive into a large update on the Deshaun Watson story give you the run pass option where we give you the biggest headlines in sports and news of the week and let you know whether we are going to run with them or pass on them and talk about some troubling tropes and characteristics that we see once again surrounding black quarterbacks in the 2021 NFL draft. Last but not least, a big ballers bouquet to Patty Mills. The, 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 the fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. Welcome to the tea off. Oh, 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 spill that tea, sis. This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get themselves into. This week's tea off victim is none other. Then Paul Pierce, the truth, NBA champion, NBA finals MVP, 10-time all-star for the Boston Celtics, certified legend in the game, maybe the only man to ever defecate himself, fake an injury to be carted off, and then return to the game. You roll your eyes. Because they don't love him like that. That's a great quotable by Draymond. <laughs> but more importantly, victim, he did this to himself. Sometimes you're victims of your own circumstances. I guess. He L- told a little bit too much of the truth on IG, though. Oh, ESPN could not handle the truth. <laughs> Quite literally. Look, for everybody who is not already familiar with what happened here, you know, over the last weekend, Paul Pierce got on IG Live, was having a Quite a good night, some would say. You know, jealous. He he was playing (laughs) poker with his boys. He had the yak in one hand, the blunt in the other. And of course, and this episode should honestly be named the Revenge of the Booty Cheek Particles. Because they back. (laughs) Because the booty cheek particles are back claiming another man's job. (laughs) I think the booty cheek particles might actually be what got him fired. I, I honestly think so, too. So if y'all don't know, he's blunt in one hand, yakking the other, he's going nuts, he's 
pointing the camera up and getting the angle right so you can see all the booty slapping everywhere. He's talking to some woman named Monica. Monica, you could make a lot of money tonight. (laughs) Yo, you know, yo, you that type of nigga at the strip club where you hit up a stripper or exotic dancer or sex worker, whoever Monica is, because we don't know who Monica is. And you like, yo, you should be here right now. You can make a lot of... That's a Drake bar. Drake has done that. I was going to say that. That's a Drake bar. (laughs) You can make a lot of money tonight. (laughs) Drake had a whole song where he's like, I could come through and pick you up and make a lot of money tonight. Look, facts. And we know Drake loves him some strippers and porn stars. And and Paul Pierce is no different. No, no. No different. Uh, Unfortunately, Paul Pierce works for ESPN, who is a sub-company of The Mouse. Disney. And that's not how Disney rolls. No, it's a nice family company. It is a nice family company that do not acknowledge the existence of strippers. I'm pretty sure they all have morals clauses in their contract. I don't even think it has to be strippers. It's just like anything that we disagree with. You you rocking the new the new um, the new collabs the the Satan the Satan uh, collabs from Nike. You the gotta Lil go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta go. Like why? It's offensive. To whom? I don't know, but somebody who, somebody who pays us. Yes, yes. So somebody that pays us. So he's going, look, honestly, Bradley Beal had the best comment on this. And he was like, Paul forgot to hit that close friends on IG before he sent it off. Uh, <laughs> and look, this sucks for Paul Pierce. He's fired. Paul Pierce, like, he wasn't... he. Honestly, he did his job quite well as an analyst. He was good at his job. Does it suck for... I think it sucks more for us as fans than it does for Paul Pierce because now he can do that every night and not have to worry about it. His money is set. I'm sure... Well, I know he made a lot of money as a player. Uh I'm sure over the last few years at ESPN, he came on at uh, 2017. I think he was doing some playoff commentary. People loved it. They brought him back full time. And you got to think of that situation. They gave you a nice little bag to come through because apparently whoever they had was not getting it done. And honestly, hopefully, we all know Paul Pierce isn't hurting for money. But if he is, the adult website, Cam Soda, and no, this is not a plug, has offered him a job as their first ever NBA analyst for a quarter million a year. He could probably get a better offer from Barstool Sports. Honestly, that's what I think is going to happen. Paul Pierce seemed unbothered. In his IG, Snapchat, whatever you want to call it, live video reactions, he's smiling. Because there's he been no the like official apology, on. have there? No. Yeah, when you ESPN just like we parted ways with him effective immediately. Yeah, which was much. Uh, well, number one, very quick because I think it happened on a Friday. He was fired <laughs> on a Monday. <laughs> but second, he he'd be fine. Like, no, it, it's just funny. He said bigger and better things are coming. A lot of people are doing this conspiracy theory thing where they're like, Paul Pierce has actively tried to get out of his contract with ESPN so he can do his own thing, bring his own media take on things. Maybe it's under Barstool. Maybe it's just his own imprint. Like many people have, JJ Reddick is a person that has shown like you can just have your own Mm -hmm. imprint as a former, well, he's still current. Well, hell, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, 100%. So- it's very interesting. I hope that his next endeavor, we get to see more of the real Paul Pierce and his authentic, exactly, in his authentic being. But the booty cheek particles. 
Something was very interesting to me. Someone made the analog to the fact that ESPN has Matt Barnes on frequently. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the drink, if mm-hmm. we're talking about the blunts, how does this apply to someone like Matt Barnes? Well, that's that's the thing. Well, Matt Barnes is a good example, but also Shannon Sharp, who regularly comes on with the Henny bottle, <laughs> comes on set at Fox on live TV with a bottle of Henny, who goes on IG Live and Twitter and, and Facebook Live with. A cigar, I will say, in his hand. A gar. It is a cigar. A gar. Yes. <laughs> you know, some black uh, mouths. But I've mean? heard Skip With and wood Shannon chips. talk about eating gummies on live TV. So I don't think it was the alcohol, the drugs, or the anything else. I think it was just the, the strippers. I think that was the camel that broke the horse's back, so to speak, in this instance. <laughs> I'm sure that's a bad analogy for this. But I think for, for ESPN, that was... Because Matt Barnes is... is Matt. We know who Matt Barnes is. He don't hide nothing. He At will all. fight you. <laughs> he gonna smoke some weed. And he like a little drink. His podcast is great. Fantastic. But he does all of that, and ESPN doesn't care, either because he has different <laughs> rules in his contract, or it was just a stripper. Because that's the only thing different from Matt Barnes or Shannon Sharp that Paul Pierce did. Man, so I think that we might need to start doing kind of one of these things where we tally how many jobs in the NBA and NFL are lost to the booty cheek particles mm. every season. And it comes in different ways. Sometimes it's you have a stripper on your IG. As we'll get to later, sometimes you maybe are accused of touching people who you shouldn't touch. I was going to go with Dwayne Haskins at the strip club breaking COVID protocol after his coach had. Who'd you uh, think just... I was talking about? Because I didn't say any names. I, look, I'm just, <laughs> I had a particular story in mind, you know, because this is not the first time we had to talk about the booty cheek particles here on the Fly Route podcast. It's also the side, the side, side chick booty cheek particles. Those are, those get a lot of guys. Mm. Earl Thomas learned about that. You know, we had a lot of guys. The hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we all have to start keeping track. I think maybe, maybe one of our great fans will do it for us and share it with us on Twitter at the Fly Route Pod. Let us know. Even estimate how many jobs do you think are lost every year in this country to booty cheek particles? And that was your tee off. Ooh, 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 spit that tea, ooh, sis. Spit that tea, ooh. sis. All right, I want to switch gears real quick. And I want to get into the run pass option for this week. The run pass option where we give you the biggest headlines and sports news for the week and let you know whether or not we are going to run with them or pass on them. You can take this one away, Demarcus. Yeah, I mean the new thing, which has maybe been a little under the radar, is one of our favorite players, Aaron Rodgers, is neither running nor passing this week. He is hosting Jeopardy. What is your reaction to him hosting Jeopardy, saying he might want to do it long term? Run or pass? I'm gonna run with this because I love what Aaron is doing because he saw. Favre's playbook in this same situation, and he has learned from the mistakes that Favre made, and he is learning from some of the good tools that Favre put out. We all talk about Favre threatening retirement and Mm -hmm. how it was the way that he tried to put leverage on the Packers. And I think doing Jeopardy, you know, his little two-stint guest episode spot, and he was on the Pat McAfee show, and that he was like, I would really want to do it full-term 
going forward. And before he says this, it's really important. Is he's actually talking to Pat about how Pat made his transition into media from sports earlier than most people would have expected. While he still had some tread on the tires and people thought it would be crazy for him to do so. He said that he admired that move right before he says, and I would like to do Jeopardy full time. He's look, he I am telling this now. It is very clear to me that this relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is not going to end on a positive note. That is the slowest car crash I've seen happen in a long time, but we're going to move on down to Carolina, where the Panthers made a huge trade with the Jets for Sam Darnold. I believe they gave up something like a, a two, a four, and a sixth, which for a quarterback that you think could be great is fantastic. What is your take on this for the Panthers? Are they a better team, a worse team? Is this good for Darnold to rebuild his confidence? Runner pass. Run, I love this trade for everybody involved, right? I love this trade for Sam Darnold. He gets out of the dysfunction that was New York. He gets with a new coach, Matt Rule, with a wide receiver, one that he already has a ton of chemistry with, and Robbie Anderson, who had a thousand- yeah, he, the Jets should have kept. He had a 1,000-yard receiving season in New York. He gets that receiver back. He has C-Mac as his running back. This is the most talent that this man has ever seen on an NFL field that wasn't on the other side. Or at USC. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. I, I, I love this for him. I like this for Carolina. He's not expensive, and he has a higher ceiling than what they have now and could solve their problems going Forward long term. This could be a Drew Brees S arc for him in his second stop. And I like this for the Jets. I mean, quarterback clarity, always good. They get some picks back. Next year's draft will be the second and the fourth, which is actually going to be the picks that will probably matter. Absolutely. So we had a story last week in our RPO section where we talked about a recent kerfuffle between. Kevin Durant, and Michael Rappaport. We have a little update for you on, number one, the fines for KD, possible suspension reactions from people around the league and the media. Uh, give us the update. All right. So first and foremost is that KD was fined $50,000, which was funny to me because that was the same amount of money that Myers Leonard, if you listen to some of our past episodes, was mm-hmm. fined for using a ethnic epithet against Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Now, that's funny because I don't think what KD did was anywhere near as bad as what he did. What KD did was in private and it was not leaked. But as you may not know, or you may already know, Adam Silver, his only recourse is a fine up to $50,000. He can't find any more and he could find less, but I guess it wouldn't really make sense to find less to somebody so... Enormously rich, rich. yes. (laughs) Like, you're already just, like, pitching pennies in his pocketbook. But more importantly is Michael Rappaport tried to walk things back after Katie got his fine. He was like, oh, I never meant for that to happen. You know, that's not what I expected. That's not what I wanted. You leaked this because you wanted KD to have some sort of consequence for that. Now, I can understand... And look, I like to see things from both sides. I can understand why when he leaked this, 
he did not think it would have taken the homophobic slant that it did. But you never know these days. But you never know these days. I think he just thought people would be like, Katie is wilding. Consequences for Katie wilding. He did not think it would take the slant that it did. And to be fair, I was surprised that it took the slant that it did. Mostly because like we wanted to have a larger conversation about whether some or not some of these slurs were homophobic or were not. We cannot get into that conversation because we've recently learned a little bit about the rules and regulations on content on some of the platforms we are on, such as Facebook and Instagram, etc. And even YouTube to a lesser extent, which will flag and ban some content that we have that gets into a little bit more explicit conversation. So that might just be Patreon talk and in the future. But it is a conversation I definitely want to have. Absolutely. We'll try to keep it a little bit more clean. Maybe mm-hmm. less direct quotes from such things in the future. I feel like we don't have a choice. We don't. We don't. <laughs> the the people who who let us share our voices with you said you can't you can't say that. So we can't say that. <laughs> All right. Now that we're in the NBA, I want to switch to something that has a massive lighter note. Isaiah Thomas, IT is back in the NBA. He had not played a single NBA game since the pandemic. For a lot of us, that might be something that we're doing something for the first time since the pandemic. Uh, The last time he played was the 3rd of February in 2020. He is now on the Pelicans. He played his first game, got 10 points in 25 minutes. The first thing I want to do is just like, give it up for IT for getting back in the league. Pelicans are sitting about 10th in the West right now. Do you think IT can help them make a push for the play-in tournament, DeMarcus? Run or pass? Oh, run. I First, I love this story. I love that he signed another contract. The IT story was fantastic. I feel like people took his story, squeezed it as much as you can until it was dry and was like, we're done with you, and threw him, threw him to, the, 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 to the, the garbage. Yes, Boston, who he played for on a tour up hip. After his sister died on like a broken tooth or something, he all of that, and they're like, "We good, fam. We we got we got Gordon Hayward and we got Kyrie, and we see you later. You'll be fine." And he never really got a chance after the he got back from the injury. Like he was on the Cavs, etc. But arguably, he was still recovering from the injury. He was not all the way back yet, and then he didn't get another chance really. And so, number one, it's a great story. Number two, yeah, I think he can help the Pels. Not not to mention that he played pretty solidly for not playing in over a year. He's obviously been hooping at home. But secondly, the Pels are already trending in the right direction. Lonzo's looking much, much better. There was a lot of talk for a while about Lonzo being a possible bust. And Lonzo's now shooting the three. He was like 50% from the field the other night. Zion's going crazy. I think adding IT, a little bit of veteran experience and leadership, along with the 10 to 12 points he can throw in, can certainly help them out. Okay, okay. I want to stick with talking about the NBA playoffs real quick. The Atlanta Hawks are fourth in the East. They have went 12-4 and since Nate McMillan took over the head coaching position job in Atlanta. Do you think the Atlanta Hawks are being slept on right now? Run or pass? Uh, I'll run on the Hawks. I don't think that they are being slept on. I think they are, you know, a young team who's doing really well right now. But to put things in perspective, they're the fourth seed in the East right now with the record of 27 and 24. 
the eighth seed, right, who's the kind of bottom before you get into the play-in area, is the Celtics, who are 25 and 26. And so they're only a couple games out of being out of it. And so I don't think that we're sleeping on them. They're a couple games up. They're in the fourth spot, which is good. They would solidly be a playoff team today. They got to hold on for a few more weeks, and they'll be there. And it's only once they are there if they can make some noise, which I don't think they're going to. They're not going to make any noise. It's not going to happen. Um, right now, they could have the Hornets in the first round if seating stays locked. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stay locked. Uh, that's my roundabout way of saying that. Okay. I think it changes, and I think they're out in the first round. But I think it's a good success for that team to say – we're getting better because we were in the playoffs. All right. I also want to note that Nate McMillan, since taking over that job, has had them 12-4 and four after being unceremoniously fired from the Pacers last year after being offered and accepted a contract extension through this current season. Yeah, that was that was trashed by the, by the Pacers. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Pacers are ninth right now in the East. All right, so last but not least, let's stick to talking about some fourth-place stuff. I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, who currently pick number four in the NFL draft. There's a lot of talk Mm -hmm. about them possibly trading the pick, maybe keeping it. We know people are thirsty for QBs right now. The first three are expected to be quarterbacks off the board. Do you think Atlanta should trade their pick or stay at four? What's the fly route? I think Atlanta should keep the pick and take a quarterback. Any team that they are going to possibly even trade with is only coming up to four for a quarterback. Some have said that number the number four pick is really the first pick in the draft because the first three are already done. And so I think the best thing would be to stay at four, pick a quarterback, keep him for a year or two under Matt Ryan, maybe just a year, let him let Matt Ryan go, and then put together the new administration, so to speak. Uh, what I think they will do is, well, what I'm hearing is there's disagreement between the head coach, Arthur Smith, and the GM. Uh, the One thinks they should get a quarterback. The other thinks they should just take the best player available. I think they should take the quarterback. A lot of people think they should just stay at number four and draft Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, who is the quote-unquote best pass catcher in the league and would make their offense even more lethal with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I think the fly route is stay at four, take the quarterback. But if they trade back, they possibly seven, eight, nine, they're still high in the first round and probably get another first round pick back. So the options are open. I think there's not a lot of bad they can do. They can certainly mess it up. But the chances are they'll do something really good with this. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. We're in our draft talk already. And I want to talk about particularly the tropes that black quarterbacks have been facing going into this NFL draft. It's not an uncommon thing. It is not something that is new, but there is a consistent devaluation that comes to these quarterbacks when we finally get to the media cycle, wanting to chew them up and spit them out and talk about them a ton. And codes are the best way that this has been explained, talked about, Mm -hmm. at least in front of me. So usually they want to have a code for this quarterback is dumb so they'll say he has trouble processing defenses or getting through his reads they want to say this quarterback is lazy they'll say oh i don't think he really has a love for the game he isn't a person that loves to study the game 
You, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I know. They want to say he has character issues. They'll be like, he was never a really great leader in the rock locker room. Like, this has been a big thing. And particularly as of late, this has been a thing impacting Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. For years now, people have said Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, one and two in the draft. These are the talents for these quarterbacks. And over the past couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of people saying, hmm, I'm not sure about Justin Fields' processor, how he reads defenses, and he's starting to drop down before people were saying it's two, then it was three, then it was five, then there's four other quarterbacks that are better than him in the draft. Where are you at with this? I think there there's always some truth to this. Um, I do think occasionally it's certainly possible that some of these quarterbacks are not able to read defenses as well. That is certainly a a possible realistic criticism of mm-hmm. them. The part that's more concerning is things like character issues, for example. Um, the first would be, I mean, even a comparison between Justin Fields and Mac Jones I've saw on social media. But like their character concerns around Justin Fields. We're like, okay, well, if that's true, let's talk about Mac Jones's DUI. Wait, Mac Jones has a DUI? Apparently. They never even heard of that. Did and you? there is literally no way that that could have been Justin Fields that we would have not heard of. Him. Oh, no, 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 no. And so that kind of thing, I think, stands out and is more egregious. I mean, and I have done a, I've not done a bunch of independent research. So Mac Jones may not have a DUI, but everything I said, the meme actually said two. And someone in the comments was like, no, nah, he only has one. But that makes me feel very confident. <laughs> he at least has the ones for me to say that here. And so I think that kind of thing is more glaring for me because there are no character concerns for Justin Fields. He is a fantastic athlete, uh, has been nothing but a model citizen at, at Ohio State, etc. If you want to criticize something on the field, do that. But I have seen nothing that justifies any criticism off the field. And Matt Jones is the quarterback people are calling cerebral, brilliant. Best processor I've seen in the and last And we talked decade. about this. If your receiver is 12 yards open, you better process, right? <laughs> like, come on. Um, but I do think there's a lot of truth to this. And I think the way they've talked about this has changed over the years. Before, you know, in the NFL, the Wonderlick test was the big thing. Mm-hmm. And they would say, oh, his Wonderlick score is low. Or, you know, we, we hear he he's not doing so well in his classes. Or there was always something to try to make them sound dumb. And to be honest... Most of the things that they try to measure to determine a quarterback's intelligence don't actually measure a quarterback's intelligence. Have nothing to do with Can you play football? Can I watch tape and see you tear up a defense? That's all I got to know. And if that's what we're doing, there's no black quarterback who I've seen who has not been good at that. So much so that when given the chance to compete at a fair level, there are now more black quarterbacks in this league than ever. I am 100% with you. And I think we actually are seeing black quarterbacks flourish because sometimes racial bias can be a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. We are seeing that when black quarterbacks are touted, it's usually because they have just extreme, ungodly offensive gifts. Well, like athletic athletic abilities. Sorry, Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. Athletic abilities. It's never because they're smart, they're cerebral, they're brilliant, they're great processors, studiers of the game. So the quarterbacks that are black that we generally see shoot up the board are just like Vic-esque. Mm-hmm. Jamarcus Ruxell-esque. They're the guys that are just like physically you Big, strong, fast. Can't miss it. Exactly. Cam Newton. Exactly. Exactly. And they're never the guys that could break the game down with their mind. And we are starting to see 
those quarterbacks, especially as of late, fall a little bit further down in the draft and have a lot more success because of it because those teams later on in the draft are just better organizations. Well, that's why they're picking later. But even the quarterbacks who are less athletic ability and who, who are established in the league already, who are black, don't get the credit for not being the, the passer. So, for example, and you're going you're gonna to hate this, but Dak. Dak is not a super athlete. Dak does not have a Patrick Mahomes arm. Everyone thinks Dak is trash. They're like, he is maybe the 16th best quarterback in this league. And I'm like, what are you smoking? Yeah. You remember when they would say he was the worst quarterback in the NFC East? Yes. <laughs> he is quite literally today the best. You people were wrong. Carson Wentz was trash. <laughs> Whoa, we'll see. We'll see. He, the book is still out to be okay. written on Carson Wentz. Okay, that's fair. But I will say similar kind of thing. Even for Russ, it's let Russ cook, but it's really, it means let Russ run around. Yes. And when Russ wants more input, it's very hard for him to get it somehow. I, I, so we see them fall to better situations, which is great. Lamar Jackson was a big one for me. Somehow he fell all the way to 32. Mm-hmm. All the way to 32. And despite Heisman, despite tearing it up at, at Louisville, mm-hmm. all of that. And to be fair, it sucks to see that happen to someone like him. But sometimes you're just like, well, I'm happy that you fell because you went to a place where somebody was willing to build around you, was willing to invest in you. Somebody was like, we cannot believe somehow you got to us because we saw the truth. And you remember when uh, I had the conversation with the... Uh, chief diversity officer of the nfl Mm -hmm. and he was just like diversity makes your organizations better this might be that example here diversity makes your organizations better because someone sees past the tropes especially john harrow was one of these people especially early in lamar's career who's like i am tired of all the coded language lamar jackson is a quarterback and a fantastic one and it's just like hey Maybe they end up in better situations because the people who do not hold or listen to those internal biases will take them once they fall. Well, even when the black quarterback like Lamar Jackson is an athletic specimen who is just gifted, who's dripping in talent, they say, well, why don't you play tight end for us or or wide receiver receiver. or running back or some other position? He's like, I'm a quarterback. And this is a question asked of black quarterbacks all the time go back to cam i think people said cam should be a tight end i'm like cam should not be a tight end cam is a quarterback is he a great is he a statue gonna stand in the pocket and throw the football quarterback no that's not him that's not what he do but can he win some games absolutely can he be mvp yeah can he get you to a super bowl and possibly win one i think so and i think he proved that over his career yes cam was number one pick people probably going oh cam cam but he was still Vic. talked about mm-hmm. the same way people still asked him to switch positions. He still had his quote unquote character concerns, which were in a lot of instances, they were, they were real. They were legitimate. There were some things there, but some of this is like, okay, those are little small things that happen when you're 18, 19 years old. It doesn't never tell little you small things for that, for those quarterbacks. Oh no. It's, it's the Jameis Winston stole crab legs. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> come on, bro. That was some stupid ass. Come on, bro. That was dumb. I think Jameis stood on the table in the dining hall and oh. yelled out a B word. I think that's what was that was one accusation oh. of Jameis when he was at Florida State. So those things are certainly real and they happen, but they are usually taken way, way, way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're seeing it again this year. I think we will continue to see it. 
until people on TV are really uh, able to have a conversation about implicit bias in the media. Gallus County Playboy. We are going to get into a update on the Deshaun Watson case. We've seen all the messages that we are getting. A lot of things are moving quickly on this case, but we finally feel like it's a good time to break down a lot of the major changes in the case. Yeah, a lot more of the story has come out. You know, we tried not to comment too much until we have what we feel is a good portion of the truth. And until the actual civil trials start, this is as much as we're going to get. So I'm going to run you through a kind of quick list of updates, get your reaction to some of these things, get your takes, etc. So the first thing is the case now has a face. Uh, a couple of women made statements, including one on camera who uh, goes by the name of Ashley Solis. She said, quote, I got into massage therapy to heal people, to heal their minds and their bodies, to bring peace to their souls. Deshaun Watson has robbed me of that. He took that away from me. He tainted a profession in which I take enormous pride. I suffer from panic attacks anxiety and depression i'm in counseling as a result of deshaun watson's action i hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on me emotionally and physically and i hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on these other survivors end quote but also people say i'm doing this just for money that is false i come forward now so that deshaun watson does not assault another woman so in addition to it having a face uh, the number of cases against him is now up to 22 civil cases that have been filed. Ironically, 18 different women have signed statements in support of Deshaun Watson. Supposedly, these are other massage therapists who have worked for Deshaun over 100 times in the past year. Man, I want to talk about that. I felt you might. Oh, I want to talk about that because, God, that seems so tone deaf. Like, the idea that you did not assault these this group of women means that you have obviously never assaulted any women is both a logical fallacy but also a very dangerous one that is sad to see that's what your defense team came up with like how much do you pay these dudes i'm assuming six figures but i think let me finish because then i i thought that and then i saw the comments on all these things and people are legitimately being like these 18 women came forward. There's no way Deshaun Watson could have done this. And then I was shocked. I was like, oh, this has worked for a larger sample size of the population than I literally thought was possible. And maybe I'm the stupid one. That's what I was going to say. So there's two things to point out here. The first is this is a civil case or we'll get to at least this part is a civil case. And so the burden of proof is much lower. They call it the quote unquote, the preponderance of evidence, i.e. think of it as you only got to prove 51% of the truth that it's more likely to happen than it didn't versus criminal. It's always beyond a reasonable doubt, which is you got to basically lock it up like 95% chance they did it. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is in that kind of case of a civil case where it's preponderance of evidence, the character witnesses can be a huge sway, not just for the outcome of whether or not the, the, the jury thinks he did it, because like you just said, a lot of people do think these things work. If they're like, oh, you got 22 who say you bad and I got 18 who say you good. Well, I don't know. So you might not be bad. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it does work. And that in these kind of cases, that will also make an impact on if he is found to be culpable of any damages. So if they think that he may have done it, but, you know, it was something. I don't know how the jury's going to think. I'm not going to be on that jury. But 
that could be a huge factor as well. Interesting. One of these AT women has some controversy surrounding her now. Apparently, the um, there were some leaked Instagram messages and text messages of hers that seemed to say that she knew Deshaun Watson was actually doing things that he was not supposed to do to these women and his name was getting around. Mm-hmm. And she has defended herself. She has defended her statements that he has not changed and says that these comments are actually linked to another massage therapist he worked with who leaked his phone number on IG. And she was actually saying, you need to be careful of those people, not these people need to be careful of Deshaun Watson. Now, we don't know the truth behind any of this. And of course, like we hope everybody gets justice. If justice needs to be served to these women, then we hope they get it. But if justice needs to be served to Deshaun, we too hope he gets it. And I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth, dirty play on these people's names now that they have come out. Well, for months. Yes. This is going to go on for a long time. Like the people that were just like, I can't understand why all these women want to be Jane Doe's and they don't want to come out and list their names. Less than 24 hours after Ashley's, uh, her last name is Solis, 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 Solis came out and as the as like basically the public face she gave a video impact statement of these allegations she has started getting harassment threats all over social media etc and you see that it is really not safe for victims of domestic violence especially against high profile no, athletes I'm gonna stop you I'm gonna stop it it's not safe for women sexual assault yes so. it's not safe for women period I don't care what they've done men online are crazy there are, for example, we we both went to UT Dallas. Yes. At one big nerd school, people love their video games, their anime, etc. One point, we had a speaker coming through, to t- a, a female gamer, right, who was going to come to the campus and speak. Um, and people who are into this story, they know her name, etc. It's not important for this. There were so many threats online of, I'm going to kill you if you come and say this. I'm going to shoot you. They canceled the event. So this is not survivors of sexual assault or domestic violence. No, no, no. This is women are not safe online. Y'all need to stop being like this. You can't just threat. I mean, we know people are ratchet on social media anyways, but men Step attacking women is almost always too far. And not to mention, like, if you talk, talk to any of your female friends who maybe are single and dating and on Tinder, just the things that guys who are or think they're being nice say are wild. That is actually one of my favorite things is that I just I just want to see the screenshot of what this dude did and because it's he, almost always wild. Yeah, how did you garner up the nerve to say this and why did you think it would work? So that's why I'm like, nah, people online are crazy. Period, and women are not safe online. Period. So let's let's continue though, right? I got more updates for you. Okay. So. The Houston Police Department has also said they've opened an investigation into Watson. They won't say what it's about, but we we not dumb. There's that. The NFL has also opened an investigation, and it's likely that Deshaun will be placed on the commissioner's exempt list soon. It still bothers me. Even though I'm not like put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's exempt list, it bothers me that he is not on the commissioner's exempt list just because of what happened. Pinnacle episode. He did what for a knockoff Richard Milley, right? Um, Quentin Dunbar and... uh, It's not important. 
Quentin Dunbar is the one that ended up getting put on the commissioner's exempt list after these charges became public. Mm-hmm. Now, the only understanding I can get for this is the difference between a civil and criminal charge investigation actually happening could explain the delay in the NFL action and the fact that things were only civil up until recently. But it is surprising how quickly someone like Dunbar, who is not a star, landed on that list versus someone like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, this is not official, but I, as as someone who's followed the NFL and their actions with this over the past seven, eight years or whatever, I think these trials, these cases will take a long time to play out. And if it does, I don't think Deshaun plays this season. It's totally possible. I'm not talking about it, but all the trade rumors for him have stopped. We're just focused now on the case. It is hard to try to give up a haul for that Man, guy. Houston should have pulled. They should. They should have sold it. They should have been like, "Who, whoever offered last, I'm sending him your way." They're looking real bad on this. I think he needs to move out of Houston, no matter what. Now, whether or not they get anything for him, whether or not he's cut, traded, whatever, he's got to move out of Houston for a lot of reasons. The the next kind of big thing is he's losing money over this. A lot of money. Oh, a lot of money. Yes. So, there's been a lot of stories come out about his different endorsement deals this past week. I think I have a pretty comprehensive set of what his deals are and what ones are suspended and or terminated. So Nike has suspended the relationship with Deshaun Watson. So not done yet. I think Nike's kind of waiting to see how this plays out. You get no more bread from us until we find out mm-hmm. how the law feels about this. Now, Beats by Dre has terminated their contract with Deshaun Watson as a client or you know, someone who endorses their product. So those are the the kind of big two. The next set are a couple who had deals with him that were expired and possibly were going to work out future deals, but both the energy company Reliant and the Texas grocery store chain HEB both said that their expiring deals will not be renewed with him. And there are some other endorsements that kind of were waiting for the other shoe to drop. So his other deals include deals with Rolex. So I... I don't know about that one. I think they're a little bit more slow to act. I think that will eventually drop, though. And then Deshaun also is a partner in a cheesesteak restaurant called Lefties near NRG Stadium in Houston. And so those are probably the other shoes to drop here in the next few weeks to months. Okay. Did you know that Ashley Solis was actually uh, what the person, the defendant that was offering a settlement before they brought the case public and actually filed it? Yes, yes. That was the other two things. So there was uh, the offer before the public case. And we talked about that, I think, a little bit the first time we did this story about a month ago. Because mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun made a statement about them coming to him first. For before, we knew there, before we knew there were 21 other women. Yes. And the second thing is, I believe, you know, at least, you know, and the police are investigating, but I think at least one woman has gone to the police and filed charges. Um, I just don't think it's official and public yet, but I believe that is the case. Okay. I just want to be clear that uh, the her lawyers have not denied this settlement request was made. And in fact, they're just saying that the existence of the settlement quest, request in no way means that we are lying, that she is not telling the truth, and that our case is not valid, which is something that is A, true. And B, needs to be kept in mind as we continue to hear these proceedings develop and play out. Yeah, it's important to think about this in a legal context, not a social context, because there it's not 
the lawyers in this are operating on the legal context and what's normal for them. And going to someone for a settlement offer before it goes public is totally normal. And we should all reserve judgment until we hear more information. What's up, playboy? All right. Welcome to the final segment of our show, the heart of our show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change. We are going to make a big change because today we're talking about a subject that doesn't usually come up much on the bouquet or on our podcast in general, players who don't come up much, and in general, people who we don't talk about very much. And that thing that is you know, uncommon is actually, <laughs> I'm about to talk about it, is the Indigenous Basketball League of Australia. Just like, oh, that I haven't heard of that. That must be new. Well, that's because it is new. It was recently founded by San Antonio Spurs star and, of course, one of the most famous Australian athletes, Patty Mills. So in February, uh, the Indigenous Basketball Australia, which was founded by Patty Mills, uh, it helped provide pathways for aboriginal australians to play basketball they had their first ever community basketball league uh, for players age 14 and under in eight locations across australia the tournaments quote preserve and celebrate indigenous cultural practices focus on basketball development and life skills education including mental and physical well-being as well as strengthening individual identity at a critical age you know Mills also partnered with the NBA and the junior NBA to announce the National Indigenous Basketball Tournament uh, at the Gold Coast on Queensland, which I'm trying to go, trying to go there. You know, that's the runaway. Have you seen Ozark? Like the Netflix show? Yeah, yeah. That's where they talk about getting away to. Oh, so okay. I'm to, I'm trying to go to the Gold Coast and watch some, some basketball. That's connected. That's connected. Yeah, I know that seemed random. Uh, and so it actually takes place, I think, this coming up weekend in April. Um, and it'll be for on and off the court development opportunities for 48 boys and girls. And, you know, this has been an amazing thing for people who are watching, who are like, who are there? Who are the Aboriginal people? Well, these are the indigenous people of Australia and New Zealand who were treated very, very harshly by the Australian government. They had a terrible family separation policy where they re-educated the children essentially to assimilate into white Western culture etc i believe patty mills himself is aboriginal oh. or has a connection there uh through through blood and so i think this is an absolutely great thing both to bring attention to this because i would imagine most people outside of oceana don't know anything about aboriginal people or what indigenous people outside of america look like talk like think like etc so huge huge shout out to patty mills for bringing this to our attention it lets us talk about number one, indigenous people on this show, but more importantly, aboriginal people who we've never talked about at all or got even close to before whatsoever. Nice. And, you know, he got, uh, in February, the, the NBA Community Assist or Community Cares Assist Award for his efforts for starting this league. And so he's going to bring more attention to it and also gave a bigger donation of $10,000 to it from the Kaiser Permente Foundation. And so this is, fantastic for everyone in australia number one it's more hoops more hoops that's never bad 
basketball is trying to go global. It is doing very well mm-hmm. at going global. And more hoops, more finding more talent. Because like we said, diversity makes things better. Well, we can't know who's great unless we're casting the widest net possible. Imagine if we never found Patty Mills or Kyrie Irving or whomever. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, etc. Those are three amazing players who... In my opinion, when we get when we all get said and done, you will not be able to tell the story of the association without saying anything about those three men. And so we got to cast a wider net. Petty Mills is helping us do that, helping us, you know, help more people share the love of hoops. If nothing else, hooping is good physically. You know, it's exercising, but it's fun. But also, it's some people's safe place. And so I am happy that Petty Mills could help provide another safe place for young children who may not who may be going through something. <laughs> so that was our Ballers Bouquet. We'll see you next week. All right. That is it for episode 30 of the Fly Route Podcast. As always, we want to thank each and every single one of you for taking the time out of your day to rock with us. We appreciate you dearly learning and growing with us. We love all of your feedback. We've loved getting the DMs. I think almost uh, two or three of the segments that have come out, someone had sent us a message about, put it on our radar. Our exclusive YouTube content that's coming out or is basically out by now. You can go to YouTube. You'll find it. It's on there right now. Was listener submitted. Shout out to Eric from Zone 6. We appreciate you. We will see you next Friday. I'm going to go ahead and ask again. I am once again asking for your help. I need more bouquet stories. Tell me where to shine a light on people doing good things. Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Fly Route Pod.